Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Nelson Covenant Church online. I am Pastor Jeff Strong. This is Pastor Rick Penner. Good morning. And we are wrapping up kind of a a Christmas series called The Christmas Revelation, and we weren't really sure whether this message is sort of an addendum or an epilogue to it, or if it's its own standalone thing. Because in preparing for the Sunday, we recognized it's just sort of an awkward Sunday in the church calendar. You have the post-Christmas crash, and then if you're anything like me, your thoughts begin to turn towards the new year, and with that, maybe some goals, maybe especially given how tumultuous 2020 has been, you're just like, I can't wait for January 1st. I want that calendar to roll over, and when that 2020 changes to 2021, it's going to be like a great reset and a new start and I can leave 2020 in the rearview mirror. And so in thinking about some of the dynamics at play within our community, uh, I thought it would be good for Rick and I to share what have been the things that God has really impressed upon us, God's been teaching us or challenging us with as it relates to both our role as a pastor, but also just our Uh, central calling as Christians at the individual level because this is a year, like I said, because of all that's happened, it might be really tempting for us to want to just move on, try and get past it. But I think this year has been one where if we're paying attention, God has been bringing things into our awareness, showing us things, inviting us into new realities, new opportunities, but because there's been so much friction and challenge, that might have just raised up enough discomfort for us to say, I don't, I don't want to think about this year anymore. I don't want to think about the va- pandemic. Kind of the vaccines are on the horizon. So let's just leapfrog over this year, pretend it never happened. And I think that's really unwise. That's my temptation, by the way. I'm very future focused, so I'm very excited about new opportunities in 2021, but this message is also my attempt to ground myself in saying, before I jettison 2020 too quickly, what are the lessons that I need to make sure I'm continuing in, that I'm bringing into 2021? Because as you and I know, Rick, as pastors and as Christians, it's in those areas of disruption that God often does the most important work. So to the extent that we hold those things at bay or avoid them, bypass them, sidestep them, we're actually short-circuiting God's movement in our lives. So on this Sunday, where we're past Christmas and it's not quite a new year, let's reflect on our own journeys and what God has been teaching us at both the professional level and the personal level, and then Feel free to tie in how you see that as challenging our church uh, as we move into 2021 together. Mm -hmm. So why don't don't you start us off with a reflection? Yeah, sounds good, Jeff. Um, Yeah, I think I would just want to forefront the fact that these, you know, kind of thinking through 2020 and some of the bigger lessons learned, none of them are lessons where I'm like, I learned this and now I'm an expert and I've arrived. These are all still in process, right? They're all still, I might be on we were talking earlier on like step two or three of, of 90 or 100 steps. Right. Um, so these are not ones that I've, I've uh, accomplished per se or finished, but they are ones that I've been learning and I'm growing in. Um, 
And I just, I kind of titled them. I wanted to summarize these lessons in kind of like one sentence just to kind of um, emphasize what, what is it that God was teaching me through this year. And the first one is just simply, uh, I titled it, You Can't Offer Water If You Don't Have Any. Um, mm. And I was reflecting on uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 14. Uh, Jesus says this, he says, But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a fount of water springing up to eternal life. Um, and I, I'm a New Year's resolution person. I know a yeah. lot of people aren't. And there was a season where I kind of railed against that. I was like, ah, too many lofty goals that I had that I never seemed to accomplish or attain. And I kind of gave up on New Year's resolutions. But I've come back to them in recent years just with um, a different emphasis, maybe more reasonable resolutions than like a list of 20 things of how to become awesome. Uh, it's become more of a, a prayer, a reflection of the year that was and asking God, God, what are specific ways that you would have me grow as your disciple um, mm -hmm. today, moving forward into this year? And uh, I remember going into 2020 before the pandemic hit, right? There, were, there was some news of it in, in Hong Kong, where mm -hmm. my wife is from, but it just wasn't on my radar yet. And I clearly remember at the end of 2019, just having this prayer with God and saying, God, teach me to grow this year. And that might sound very general, but specifically, I was thinking, God, I, I genuinely want to be a better husband, a better father, a better pastor. Um, would this be a year in which you shape me into growth in those areas? And I, I realized really quickly into 2020, like January, February, before the lockdown hit, I was already feeling drained. I was already feeling somewhat disappointed because I wasn't hitting the expectations or marks that I was hoping mm. to hit. And um, I remember we went to a youth retreat. This was just before everything kind of got shut down in February. Uh, in Kelowna, we, we typically go to a youth retreat in Kelowna every year. And during part of the evening session, I, I kind of slipped out. Maybe it's just because I'm old and it was too noisy with all the, the concert going on or whatever. I slipped out the back uh, because they had a prayer room for students, but also for staff and leaders to just go find a bit of quiet space. So I, I slipped out and I, uh, I sat down in the prayer room. And this elderly man approached me, uh, who was one of the one of the pastors there, um, kind of in charge of the prayer teams and whatnot. And he just kind of approached me and said, "Oh, is there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything that I can be praying for you for?" And so I just kind of expressed this sentiment that I was like, "Man, it's it's only February, and on my mind, on my heart, I have this desire to be a better pastor, a better father, a better husband." And I'm all just already just feeling discouraged and kind of drained and tired. Hmm. And he listened. He was an elderly man. I think he was kind of retirement age pastor or something like that. And he empathized and he encouraged me to think about my life as a cup. Um, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, you know, he helped me see I'm trying to continuously pour whatever is in my cup into these relationships, right? Into into the relationship with my wife and my kids and and the people in my ministry. And he said, you know, you're continuously trying to pour out whatever you have. And the problem is you only have so much in your cup. Hmm. 
And once it's empty, um, you have no more to give. And even though I keep tilting my cup over to pour out more, it's dry. And he says that's ultimately what leads us to feel drained, to feel burnt out, to mm. feel like not good enough. And he said you can only give of what you have. You can only pour out of what you yourself are filled with. And, and then he told me that before you are a husband, before you are a father, before you are a, um, a pastor, you are a child of God. And he said, I noticed you didn't, that wasn't part of your, your agenda to become That wasn't better. one of the roles yeah, to excel in. Yeah, but. and so he reminded me, before all of that, you are a child of God. And I need to be spending regular time simply being with God in scripture, in prayer, in worship. Um, and somebody listening, you know, who is not a pastor might find this problem a little odd and think, well, isn't that your job as a pastor to mm. be in the Bible, to be praying? And the answer is yes. Um, however, Jeff, as you know, a lot of time as pastors, uh, we, spend, we spend a lot of time in scripture or in prayer, but it's still with the agenda to be pouring out to others. We uh, we prep for a Bible study that we lead others in. We prep for a message that is for our community. We pray for others. And for me, I needed to separate that kind of time spent in Scripture and prayer uh, from time spent simply receiving from God, mm. um, simply being his child and, and, and receiving from him. And I was reminded by this man that God wants me to spend time just being with him not just doing stuff for him. And that really resonated with me. It's, um, you know, it's similar to my relationship with my daughters. I have a, she's coming up to four years old now, the oldest. And, and I have a little one who's eight months old. And I, I just thought, like, this is similar to my relationship with my kids. Like, yes, I want them to grow up with integrity, to become resilient, to mature, to learn responsibilities. But I also just want to cuddle with them on the couch and read Cat in the Hat and laugh with them and play Lego, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think I needed to be reminded that God is not just interested in me doing things for him. He actually has an interest in us being his children. Um, so what this man shared with me, it was nothing new for me, but it was something that I needed to be reminded of. Um, and it really is only when uh, my my cup is being continuously filled by God, that I'll actually have something to offer others, that I'll actually have something mm. to pour out into others without feeling drained, without getting burnt out. And so I think pastorally and personally, that was a lesson that, I, that I've kind of been growing and learning throughout this year. Mm. Um, and it's also one that I think people in our church and in our ministries uh, need to be reminded of. Um, a friend of mine who, who's also a pastor, he, uh, he was saying this year that he encounters a lot of people in his church community that come to him and they complain, um, you know, I'm not, they, they tell him, I, I don't feel like I'm close to God or I don't feel like I'm really growing in my faith. And, and he says, so often we trivialize it and we look for some special answer um, that maybe we hadn't thought of before. But he said his first question is always, you know, how are your Bible reading habits? Hmm. How are you, how is your prayer life? 
he says, you know, we can't expect to be close to God if we rarely talk to him. We can't expect to be growing if we don't spend time meditating on his word and hearing his word. Um, but he said too many times people want to jump over that and be like, yeah, yeah, I know, read your Bible and pray. But really, what's the secret sauce? Or, right? or do it quickly, right? Like or to do say, it quickly. devotional, little reflection, ponder, quick prayer. Okay, now I got stuff to do, right? Yeah. That's kind of my personal temptation. Yeah. Where, like, Check you mark sit, done. Yeah, and you're not actually taking the time to be still in the mm -hmm. presence of God. It, that feels inefficient. Maybe it feels, if we're honest, like a waste of time. But yeah, that's really key is not just to read the Bible and pray as mechanical, reflexive things to do, mm -hmm. but to see those as a path to walk. And some days it's, some days it's going to be quick, but other days to really invest in it is going to mean an investment of time and energy. Yeah. It might be five minutes, it might be 10 minutes, it might be longer than we might uh, prefer according to our agenda. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's super important. Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. No, no, yeah. I, I, that was pretty much wrapping up my first kind of lesson mm -hmm. that I've been wrestling with this year and learning. Um, but yeah, it's just that it's almost more of an attitude shift. Like, yes, I do spend time in scripture because I lead weekly, you know, youth nights and this and that. But to say, okay, what does it look like to approach scripture without just an agenda of like, oh yeah, I read so and so much or I, I did my devotions today, but, but to approach it saying, God, I want to encounter you today. Show me what you have for me. Mm -hmm. Show me what you want to teach me or, or encourage me with or show me. And that it changes the way I approach scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if, at, like, with the overall, if that there's a an opportunity there that is maybe uncomfortable or, or difficult, but important for our community. Because uh, I hear it that the pandemic and and some of the restrictions and pulling back of different programmatic or social engagements that we would normally fall into and, and happily move into, those aren't on the table anymore. And I've noticed there have been times where I'm like, I've got lots of time now to pray, to study, to invest in certain disciplines that even as a pastor, I would say, these are really important. Now I have the time and I still sometimes will avoid them with distractionary things. And so I think that there is a really awesome opportunity to look at some of this downtime as really strategic time building for the future, really strengthening ourselves in God in intentional ways. But I still find that challenge there. I still find that impulse to be like, yeah, like for sure, definitely, but I want to move on to other things, better things. For me, it's often the temptation to move on towards more productive things, or it's difficult for me to study scripture with a heart posture that's fundamentally, God, what do you want to be doing in my life? Because it's so easy for me just to be like, oh, like, wh what, what can I learn from this so that I can teach and help other people grow in their faith? It, it, it's so easy as a pastor to get distracted in those lateral movements of, I, want to, I, I genuinely want to use this and use my gifts to serve others, but to allow this time to say God is giving us extra space and opening up extra space to say, no, let's make sure we're doubling down into our identity in Christ and learning how to, in an unhurried way, receive from God and not just grab something off a shelf and then give it to someone else. Yeah, hmm. yeah there's, there's a lot there. Maybe uh, I'll share something, but if I 
kind of volleyed that back to you to say, what would be some practices that you would recommend to our community? Maybe someone's like, I read the Bible, I pray, but I don't, I don't know. There's yeah. just the thought of, I mean, just think about it, and maybe that's something we can pick up another time, but that would be something that I think would be important for people to hear. Just one or two practices that if they're like, yeah, I want to get better at that, I just don't really know, do I just crack open my Bible and... Like yeah. what, what's sort of the strategy of how to take that first step of slowing down and receiving from God? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I, I think there's there's not like one key answer to that, but some, some ways that I've found helpful is, you know, I used to just read a chapter a day or um, crack open my Bible at random and or, you know, I treat it just as another book and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start in Genesis 1 and I'm going to make it through to Revelation and I'd always get stuck somewhere right and so just finding different ways to engage scripture and i would say the first key one that's helped me is simply to start with prayer don't just crack open the bible and start reading but to acknowledge um quiet yourself pray and ask god god i want to hear from you this morning or this Mm -hmm. evening or whenever you spend time in the word um help me not to be distracted and help me to encounter you in this word yeah um and then to give yourself a couple of minutes to just reflect on what you read. Don't just read, close your book, and, and leave. But write down, what stood out to me? What do you think God is maybe calling me to respond to? Um, and then there's just different ways of engaging prayer, right? Uh, one app that I really love, it's called Pray As You Go. They do a little scripture reading, a couple mm. of questions to prompt uh, some reflection, and then a prayer at the end. And it's it's a great little devotional um, or the Bible app, right? version Bible app. Maybe if you're not too familiar with the Bible or you're just like, I don't really know where to start, you can search a plan there, a devotional plan, and there will be scripture readings, a reflection. That's just a great way mm-hmm. to, to get started. Um, or find a Bible reading plan online. I have one that's like a three-year Bible reading plan, and each day you read something from the Old Testament, something from the Psalms, something from the New Testament. Mm. And that way you don't get stuck in... Leviticus or Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and give up and be like, yeah. this is this is the worst. I'm, yeah. I'm bailing. Yeah. When I was thinking about mine, I have a, a ton of things because I was really trying to use this as an opportunity to say, what do I think all the things are big and small that God has been just revealing to me, exposing fault lines in my own uh, character and ways of approaching certain things. I think one of the big ones, and I was talking with Heather about this, and it overlaps. Uh, pretty significantly with my professional role as a pastor, but my own just personal journey as a Christian is um, figuring out how to, I say figuring out because very much like you, I feel like this is a year where this started for me and I'll be moving into it more and more in the future, but figuring out how to reckon, how to grapple, how to properly process the gap between what I had planned, what I had purposed, this preferred picture of what this was supposed to look like versus what it actually is and is likely going to be. And that's hard for me because as a three, I'm very idealistic. I'm very visionary. I like to create a crystal clear picture of how I want my marriage to look and my relationships with my kids and and my uh, relationship with other pastors at work and my role as a pastor and the kind of impact that we're going to have as a church. 
And when 2020 started, I had, you know, generally some, that, that passion and that vision to a lot of areas in my life. But one of the big ones was having moved my mom in with us, having, you know, moving in early January to a new home, realizing that was going to be at some point like the last year of my mom's life and having this really um, ambitious, idealistic picture of how that was going to play out, how our relationship was going to play out, uh, how God was going to move during that time, what God was going to do during that time in the context of our relationships and my mom and Brian's relationship to us. And then when the pandemic dropped, you had sort of all these professional ideals and planned purposes very quickly just kind of collapse, right? And that was like one gut punch of like, oh, none of what I have planned and purposed is going to happen, at least not on the timeline in the way that I thought it was going to happen. And then as the year unfolded uh, with my mom and the conversations that we had, lots of rich conversations, but also realizing that time was going to be limited because of certain factors and certain family dynamics. And one of the things that came up uh, for me in the context of processing stuff with Heather, processing stuff in the midst of, or in, um, with my counselor, processing stuff in prayer and journaling is I really le need to learn how to let go of this has to be ideal, otherwise it's a failure. Because in a sense, I'm holding everyone in my life hostage to this ideal, which comes from a good place. I want God to move powerfully, and I think it could look like this, and our church could do this, and my marriage could be like this, and uh, my relationship with my mom could be like this. And yet that, those kinds of expectations can also be an unfair burden on other people, because maybe they don't share them, either consciously or unconsciously. Maybe they intentionally don't want to share some of those. And so for me, this 2020 will definitely be a year where God, um, I think, graciously invited me into recognizing one of my great strengths is that I operate from that future focus, what's next, let's keep climbing, let's keep progressing, let's strive towards the ideal. But if I'm not surrendering that to God in prayer, and if I'm not surrendering that through the lens of loving my neighbor as myself and loving and accepting people where they are, that can become sort of a trap for me where, oh, I was hoping our church would be here and now because of the pandemic and everything else, we're not. I'm frustrated, right? It's really, very hard for me to enter into thankfulness because my um, excitement about what God was doing, I think was too often tied to is the picture of what I want to happen, is that being fulfilled? Because if it isn't, then again, I'm failing or maybe God's not coming through or something's wrong, mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, well, maybe that image is almost like an idol where it comes from a good place, but it's so idealized that it, it's actually suffocating what God actually wants to do. If you can bring that to God and say, God, this is what I want, I think this is the right thing. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to me to ask for this, but your will be done. Your kingdom come. And then really allowing God to say, Jeff, in this area of your life or in this area of your life, I know you wanted 2020 to look like this. It's not going to look like this. But I still am calling you to trust me and obey me 
and to enter into that with thankfulness because I am doing something even if it doesn't perfectly align with your preferred picture of what seems right in your own eyes for the, the script to play out sort of thing. And, and that touched me personally and professionally and at different points it's kind of uh, ping pong back and forth but that that's definitely the overwhelming lesson that I've been moving into and through again and again this year. Wow, it's really good and very challenging. And, um, yeah, I think, I don't know if that comes from kind of like, I, I've been reading this guy named Diedrich Bonhoeffer and he talks about like the difference between a works-based faith, faith versus a grace-based faith. Mm. And he said both of them can have like their, their misconceptions, but he says, you know, uh, sometimes we, we get the grace thing wrong. We overemphasize grace. He's like, you know, it's, it's grace without discipleship or it's uh, wanting forgiveness without actually repenting. Right. Um, but he says the opposite can kind of be like we actually rely on ourselves and have all these expectations and we make it a works-based faith when really you know, we're not operating out of God's grace mm -hmm. and God's plans might be slightly different than what we had hoped and dreamed and um, yeah, I was just thinking about that as you were sharing that. What does it mean to to kind of respond out of God's grace in these times where things weren't as as we had planned? And we we were we were all going through that mm -hmm. to some extent, right? Like the pandemic in the response to the pandemic completely threw a wrench into the gears of how you saw youth ministry unfolding, and even even little things like how do we connect with people when we love to and want to connect to people face to face and at different times in the year that's been a, a no-go yeah. or it, it it can be but we have to be outside walking there's just different um new disruptive dynamics and so that's that's been something that we've at a professional level had to deal with but everyone's had to deal with it at a personal level mm -hmm. where you know people with their moving with their kids moving towards marriage and having a picture of what that day was supposed to look like or yeah. the vacation that we were supposed to have in the summer or what your job horizon was supposed to look like and i think there's a huge opportunity there even though it is difficult to say is my confidence in god too reliant on the predictability and sense of control i have over my life mm -hmm. Or can I honestly, with all things, say, God, would you just give me today my daily bread? Give me what I need for today. Um, I'll let tomorrow and the day after that worry about itself. I'm really just going to trust and obey you today. You know, that was something that God exposed to my heart early on, that I do not do well in trusting God in the day-to-day. -day. I know I should. It's something I would teach. I would uh, not be completely hardened to it. But when my ability to predict what ministry was going to look like even four weeks out, when that became jeopardized, I start to really, I started to panic. Mm -hmm. And right away there was that sense of like, something's gone wrong then because I should be able to lean into trusting and obeying God. There's going to be some bumps and, and turbulence along the way. Not that you're going to do it perfectly, but it just exposed how much I rely on my plan, my system, my way of doing things, assuming God's going to bless that, and when all of it gets disrupted, but God still stays faithful, am I leaning into that and saying, okay, this is not what I wanted, but 
praise God, God's mm. going to do something and I can still live with anticipation and with joy and with gratitude. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, just as a close, personal challenges to our church that, is, that have come out of those reflections or just other things that you would say as we move into 2021, what would you hope pastorally our church is kind of focused on, holding on to, moving into? Yeah, um, probably... I'll, I'll kind of end with the challenge that I, one of the, the other ones that I learned, but that would might be a good challenge for our church too, and that was, uh, you know, during the pandemic, learning how to, I, I had more time to like spend time in my backyard, so I did a lot of gardening, right? And and if you're familiar with the Gospels, there's a lot of like gardening and farming language yeah. that Jesus talks about as it as it relates to our own spiritual lives or how we respond to the gospel or what the kingdom of God looks like mm-hmm. or what Christian maturity looks like. And as I'm like learning about gardening, you know, I'm realizing like I need, I actually need good soil. Like the the pale nutrientless soil that I had isn't going to grow a good garden. So I need to go get rich soil to, to put the seeds in. And I actually need to tend to my garden. I need to like weed out stuff regularly. And as I was thinking and praying, I was like, yeah, what are those weeds in my life as like sin that maybe go unnoticed? Maybe they seem like, oh, it's no big deal. Just mm-hmm. like weeds when they're really small, but that I actually need to uproot in my life uh, because the longer I let them grow and take root, the more they're actually going to compete with the good plants that I want to have grow good fruit. And so I thought about that in terms of just sin that all of us wrestle with. What is sin that we, that I and our community, to, to evaluate what are the kind of weeds in our life that we may not think is a big deal, but we actually need to root up and mm. pull out regularly so that they're not competing with, with good fruit from growing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody who may not be familiar is like, what do you mean by good fruit? Um, Christianity or, or the Bible talks about how when the Holy Spirit starts to transform our lives, then the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, mm-hmm. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I realized that left to my own vices, um, I don't produce that kind of fruit no matter how much I want it. I actually need God to produce it in me. But my job is actually to tend to my garden to make sure that, you know, I'm rooted in good soil. So in those practices of prayer and scripture and Christian community, um, I need to be honest about the weeds in my life that shouldn't be there, that need to be uprooted and pulled out. And then thirdly, we need we need to prune, right? Um Pruning is cutting away branches that are not necessarily bad, but that may not actually produce fruit. Yeah, they're kind of get, getting in the way of growth. Yeah. yeah they're so not making are, things actively worse. They're just not allowing yeah. better things to come forth. Exactly. So even taking some time as a community to write down, like, what are things that aren't necessarily bad in my life, but that are taking up energy and time where maybe I need to trim down on those things, yeah. whether that's too much Netflix or too much social media or too much you fill in the blank. Yeah. How do I trim some of that down so that I have more time and energy um, for God to, to grow this good fruit in my mm-hmm. life? And then the, the last thing I would want to share to our community is um, 
is training. So in gardening, we talked about good soil, we talked about pulling up weeds, we talked about pruning. Training, uh, people put trellises to, to train their, their vine plants, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's this <clears throat> discipline of not just letting everything grow wild on the ground, but we're training this plant to grow up and strong. Um, so what are the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines that we as a church community, personally and as a community, need to be integrating into our life so that we are strong personally, so that we become stronger as a church community? Um, so yeah, I think I would just leave that with our church. Is yeah, that's excellent. Think about your tending your garden. What does that look like personally and, and as a community? Mm -hmm. And w one of the scriptures that has been really formative during this time, I mean, I, I threw it out as the pandemic verse, and it's, and, and it's proven for me in my life. I have it on our wall at home. I think about it often. I pray through it often. I use it as a way to pray sort of the, your 2019 prayer, which is like, God change me, and I want to become this kind of faithful Christian. First Corinthians 16, 13, and 14, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. And having that as kind of an anchor point for those days or weeks or months where I feel tired, discouraged, or am feeling elated and feel like there's wins, that's been a good discipline. And it's reminded me of the importance of whether or not we're actively memorizing chunks of scripture to have scripture as a bedrock foundation so that when the storms come and we're being pushed all, there's an anchor there holding us to the deep truths and then asking god to as difficult as this is and it will be difficult if you pray it there's no doubt about it but saying god do what you need to do in my life so that this becomes more real so that this isn't just a verse. These aren't just ideas that I hold and can regurgitate quickly. They are things that come from the very core of who I am, that your spirit is at work in my life. And as we do that, I would hope that we move into 2021 with to either be reminded or to, be, or to hear for the first time that a huge part of how all of this holds together is that we recognize part of our covenant identity as a church is that we move forward into Jesus' mission. We are mission friends. That was what the covenanters were originally called. People on mission together. They want to follow Jesus, but not just in a personal way. They want to follow Jesus in bringing good things to their neighbors around them and to be a light and a witness to people. And they want to do that not out of religious duty and obligation. Here we go. We're, we're marching along doing our thing, but they're doing it as friends. There's camaraderie. And so I think if, if we kind of lean into that vision in 2021, there's nothing that 2021 holds that will disrupt our ability to fulfill that mission. It's going to look different, but if we follow Jesus, if we follow Jesus together and bringing good things into the spheres that he's placed us, and if we do that, learning to grow and appreciate and love and encourage each other as friends, then it's, it's going to be a great year. It'll be a great year. Let me uh, end with the words of a poem by Howard Thurman, The Work of Christmas. This was sent out by the ECC uh, Crescendo Ministry, but I thought it was a great send-off for today. It says, When the songs of the angels is, is stilled, and when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, and when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations. 
to bring peace among all, and to make music in the heart. So let's take this Christmas message of news of great joy. Let's reflect on what God has been teaching us and carry that into 2021 and move into the work of Christmas, which is to move forward in mission as friends. Let me send you off with a benediction. As you go, family and friends of Nelson Covenant Church, may the grace and peace of Jesus be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God that is found in Jesus our Lord. And to him be glory both now and forever. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you in the new year.